1: Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's
0: policygenius.com.
2: How do we start this? Hey, I'm Casey. And I'm Tyler. (laughs) And you're listening to The Element Podcast.
1: What's happening, everybody? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay?
2: Actually, I thought you were KC. <laughs>
1: yeah, you are. Um, so, we have not been podcasting as much as we should lately for The Element. Part of that is because we are going wild because it's deer season. And uh, also, we're doing that refresh thing, if y'all may have listened to. So, um, it takes up a lot of our time on the headphones. But, we cannot deny... Our first love, and that is you guys, mm. you gals over here, <laughs> y'all. Oh, um, yes, that are listening to the Element Podcast. So, thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for being supporters. First of all, we really appreciate that. Uh, and I've actually got to. Meet a bunch of people uh, lately who are in the element crowd, as I'd call it, and uh, they're all pretty cool folks, man, and I'm sure if I hadn't met you, you're pretty cool folk as well. mm mm-hmm. uh, Cool folk.
2: <laughs> sounds like a good band name right uh, there. Yeah, it probably
1: <laughs> is. Also sounds like a really weird TV show on Bravo from the <laughs> 2000s uh, that I did not watch. <laughs> yep. So, um, anyways... Uh, we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk some tactic in this podcast, because this is a time of year that tactic really, really matters more than about any other time of year, I think, because October's weird, man. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Weird, dude. Uh, like, Halloween?
2: Golly. Yeah, in the rut, th-
1: dude, you can do some stuff. You can do dumb stuff and still kill deer. In the late season, find food and set up on it. Right?
2: Like, I feel like there is more consistency in the late season. You know, like it's similar to October in a way, like Uh patternable deer, but at the same time, just feel like it's more consistent than October.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because October, it's kind of like, October is the post-pubescent middle school boy of deer season. Yeah. You don't know what's about to happen, you know (laughs) You don't know if they're just going to be so kind and considerate Or if they're just going to fart on your face, you know Like, you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen That's just, that's the way October is, man And I've been hunting it quite a bit lately And we'll talk about that some (laughs) But we do want to talk about some October hunting, for sure (laughs) I gotta say, it reminds
2: me of my buddy Aaron, who you know uh, I could see that, for sure He used to do magic hand you ever uh, heard of that? I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So Magic Cane was basically where he, you know, you said fart on your face. It's similar but just I'm going to take my hand and miss <laughs> like like Ted Nugent said I'm going to take the corn from the field and put it over here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Good things. So it's no, no better time than to, you know, to just be sitting there like enjoying your day and just to have a Nice little gift, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, the October gift. That is a stink. Sorry, um, that, that was a distraction. No, that's good. Uh, we did do some October hunting earlier uh, in the month in South Dakota, so we want to tell you all a little bit about that. You might have seen, mm. but there were some big bucks in South Dakota. Yeah. And our buddy Hunter put down a toad yeah. in dramatic fashion. Which the drama always follows Hunter in everything he does. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay, I suppose, whenever the deer dies. Makes so, things fun sometimes. It does. Sometimes
2: not, <laughs> sometimes but sometimes not. fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So um, that's all we're going to say about that. You need to go check out that video because I can't believe what happened. I still have to process it in my mind because it's just one of those things that, like, you know, that story about them guys up there where we used to elk hunt that, that one guy. Shot that bull on the road, and the heiress skipped off the rocks in front of him mm-hmm. and killed him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, but different. It's just like, man, did it really happen? Is it, is, yeah. is it just like a camp story? That's you know? what
2: almost happened in South Dakota with a buck when Greg said 40, That's right. shoot him for 40, right?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Greg is not very familiar with uh, the discrepancies in whitetail body size across the United States. You mean like um, Dakota
2: versus North or uh, Tex- Texanis? uh yeah.
1: Subspecies, Mark's gonna not like that. No, he's not. Uh, so, no, he's not. Um,
2: it's but, like blue marlins and black marlins, <laughs> that's it, man. Let me ask him about that for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so Greg's killed a lot of deer, and I am figuring out how many. Greg's killed a bunch of deer, man. Yeah. Um, and uh, but they've all been hill country deer, which like a mature buck is liable to be one hundred and sixty pounds down there. You yeah. know, they're they're small bodied animals. He also uh, hunts in a non antler restriction county. Did you yeah. know that? All that stuff down there I think is yeah. yep. he was like, Man, if we had antler restrictions, I know. I wouldn't have killed any very many deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is kinda weird. <clears throat>
2: but either way. Anyway, uh um, there's just too many deer for them to put AR because yeah. they're gonna be hitting vehicles if that yeah. happens, you know what I mean? Exactly. So is gonna have to be lobbying some more.
1: <laughs> uh so um anyways, Greg uh judged a deer at forty and it was actually sixty one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was two thirds of the way there, that's man. Right. Yeah, that's
1: right. The old two thirds clause, right? <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, so, um, we uh, we went to South Dakota. The whole crew was there, minus Brian Bostic, hmm. um, which he had got his fill of hunting the couple weeks before on uh, some Nebraska stuff, which we also have a video out of. Uh, but yeah, um, watch that. You could see Eric do some funny things there, uh, and then Hunter. Um, killed a giant and that video's out right now as well we'd really appreciate it if you go watch that comment on it share it with your friends because uh like the friend aspect is huge in this hunt like and not like relying on your friends as much as just like having good friends and having fun Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. um but we all went up south Dakota, which is a fun thing to do we look forward to it probably i'd say personally i look forward to that hunt about as much as i do
2: any other hunt that i get to go on how do you rank in that it's fun um i would i would be i'd be there with you it's it's very close to the top not necessarily because i feel like i'm gonna shoot a giant up there Mm -hmm. because there's places we hunt throughout the year usually that i feel like i have a better shot at shooting a bigger deer but um there are some good deer around and there's quite a few deer But the main thing is, like, we have, the last two years, had a really big camp there. Mm -hmm. It's also pretty remote. And also, there are lots of just animals Mm -hmm. and cool animals that we don't get to see at home very much. So, with the grouse species and those kind of things.
1: I probably um, was a little higher on it on the way up than what I am right now. Yeah. Because I think in 2021, we were just, it was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was a stellar year. I don't know because we've only hunted there a few seasons. Um, So, you know, you kind of have to hunt a place like an area 10 years before you really get a good grasp of like what is a true good year and what's a bad year and what's a normal year, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe this year's a bad year and it was still pretty good. Maybe this year was a pretty good year and last year was outstanding. Or maybe this year's a normal year. I don't don't know. But uh, I do know that most of the country was in a drought, still is uh, going into the fall. And that played a role when we were in Nebraska And it played a role when we were in South Dakota Uh, And we knew that after So we did all this in in one big loop, right? Like Nebraska and South Dakota touch So it's like, well We could either come home From Nebraska And drive right back up here And burn a bunch more Biden gas Or we could uh, Like just Drive north a good ways From the Nebraska hunt So that's what we did And
2: uh while you're up north, go north. That's right. <laughs> keep on
1: If, if, if your <laughs> ain't, hunting ain't good,
2: keep going north. Sooner <laughs> right. or later. Yep. Uh, Sooner or later, you'll run into some COVID you'll restrictions. Run into,
1: <laughs> that's right. You'll find <laughs> Trudeau, ice, or deer. I don't know which one. But um, we, uh, we did that. And uh, I kind of, oh, it was the drought thing. So we learned in Nebraska that the drought is a thing. Mm. And the deer are acting droughty. So we headed to South Dakota with a plant. We met up with our buddy, Tony Peterson, who you might know has been on this uh, podcast a few times and is uh, pretty infamous elsewhere, particularly in the water hunting thing. I learned a lot from Tony. Uh, He's part of the reason I had the confidence to set up on that water hole in Oklahoma and kill that deer. So I was excited actually to go hunt with Tony uh, up there and kind of see some of that. We all kind of went a little bit different directions and we're going to kind of convene after... um,
2: you know, we kind of gathered some information. He didn't like our spot because we didn't have enough water around, I think. Is that what it was? I think that's why he went to go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, we all went up there with the intent of hunting water because it was a thing, right? Yeah. So you, me, and Michael drove up and left some guys in Nebraska for a little while. Uh That's where Eric's video comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old red panda is on the chase. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> and um, there's this uh, kids movie. I forget what it's called, but the it's like a Asian family, and uh, the little girl changes into a red panda,
1: turning and, red. And it was called that. Might be it. Yeah. yeah,
2: Journey likes it. You know. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Uh,
1: I heard that. You know, there's this thing, man, <clears throat> that I I try to be very like aware of, but also not like uh, you know Christian caring about stuff but, like. Oh, this has trans things yeah. or whatever, you know. And no, this is why one reason I don't love it. I've heard that that video, or that movie's kind of like that. Yeah, but I've also heard from people like, man, you know,
2: yeah, it's, it's just n- I don't think it's too big of a deal. But there, that along with like all this boy drama that my seven year old doesn't really need to know oh, about. That's in
1: there. Yeah, it's yeah. just
2: like you know, they they're like swooning over these boys the whole time and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh you don't need to know that yet. You yeah. know, like you, when, when it's time to swoon over boys, your body will know it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you will be, you'll, you'll be like emotionally just wrecked. So you, let's wait for that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. yeah so, Well, anyway. um, uh,
1: so yeah, Eric's the red panda. That's yeah, where we're, is. That's what he we're is. going from. He's this young, yeah, uh,
2: adolescent girl. What that was our likes, <laughs> likes boys? <laughs> that's
1: right. What was our <laughs> no um, what was our uh, strategy headed to South Dakota? Uh,
2: like how are we going to do the water hole thing? Man? Uh yeah, we so we were we planned on kind of we spent a lot of time on, on X looking at water leading up to the trip knowing that there was a drought. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the idea was that we would take and find water that like sat between the ideal situation is water that sits between what we assume bedding is and where we assume food is and and it obviously needs to be like you know far enough away from the food ideally that they stand a chance of being there in daylight because mm-hmm. if it's too close to the food i just we didn't feel comfortable that a or big buck would be there too just.
1: far from the bedding Right. That's what we run into <clears throat> out yeah, there. Yeah. It's big country. Mm-hmm. So like you can find water that's far from food, but it's also far from bedding. Yeah. And you stretch it out for like two miles, and you're like,
2: oh, man. Yeah, it's like, well, they still might not get here before dark because they're not walking in the sunlight at mm-hmm. 80... I mean, it was hot when we got it was. there. There's and... some cool
1: things, too, on OnX that I learned. Um,
2: <laughs> if you So on
1: the mobile app, which is what a lot of us end up using when we're in the field, you can switch to satellite... Take, we run hybrid all the time, mm. but you switch to satellite and then kick it on 3D mode, and that's helpful for terrain and stuff. But I actually like it because I like the map because it's different mm-hmm. sometimes, it's more detailed, but Shows it's a you different, different time, time year. of year, yep. yeah, different year. And you can compare and tell if, like which is a drought year and which is not, and you'll know on those water holes, like the likelihood of that water hole actually having water in it,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was kind of the idea was that we would uh, find some of the stuff that's set up that way. Also, like a tree or two around that you could hang in or mm-hmm. hide in would be ideal. Uh, not just like grassland habitat. And then we were going to bomb in. If we saw tracks uh, that, you know, made us think it was worth being there for, then we would hang a camera, which we've got. We had those moultrie edges which are a new camera a cell camera and they get whatever the best services in the area so they it just, works too yeah it does for it's sure cool. because like there was places uh we actually had to take a phone call where we hung a cell camera and we had to walk up the hill from the from the pond mm-hmm. to take the call so i don't know what service our, our camera was hitting but it was hitting something that allowed it to send pictures to mm-hmm. us for several days there and actually we thought For sure, we were going to kill a deer there. Mm -hmm. Like we were feeling good when we left that camera because we rolled up. There was tracks everywhere. There was a sick willow tree right there for us to sit in and kill. There's a fresh Um, rub
0: right
1: there on a pretty good tree,
2: and uh, it just looked really, really good. And set that camera there, and uh, we found out that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any um, deer really using it in daylight, hardly at all. Yeah, there's a shooter at like two a.m. Yeah. And that's the only time we saw him. And that's too, what, we, what you were talking about is what we ran into. We were too far from bedding, really. We were far enough from, from food, mm-hmm. but we were too far from bedding. And I think that uh, that's important. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, cell cams are cool. And, you know, cam- trail cameras, period, are cool they can show you like where to hunt. And when there's a big deer in your area, right? But they can also show you where not to hunt. Mm-hmm. And rather than spend an evening or two hunting that place, just going, it's gotta be, it's gotta mm-hmm. work. We were able to say, watch it for a couple of days. Cause we put that out before season started, mm-hmm. I think. And we were, we were able to say, okay, this just isn't. What we thought it was, and it eliminates ground, which gives you time to hunt other better places potentially. You know,
1: I think that I just had a revelation, mm-hmm. and I, like uh, I haven't thought about it too often much. We've talked about it, but I've never really realized the importance of and, and how much we do it. But um, we do a ton of eliminating ground. That is like, if you want to say the thing we do on an out of state <clears throat> hunt, eliminate mm-hmm. ground is mm-hmm. it. And we do it sit by sit pretty much. But then you add those cell cams in there and it helps. But like the whole South Dakota trip, I never hunted the same location twice. And I killed the morning of day
2: six, I think, right? Was it Yeah, probably. You kill on the f- you kill on the fifth, right? Or was it the sixth? I don't remember. I think Hunter killed on the fifth and I yeah. killed on the sixth. So you kill technically we've been there seven days yeah but i always think about the first day of
1: season is yeah the first day sure. uh
2: but i guess you're talking about hunting so yes. yeah
1: uh so that's um <laughs> 11 hunts and i never hunted the same spot I eliminated ground every single time were you tired i have actually happened to be slightly tired yeah yes. I imagine <laughs> 11 <laughs> I hunts different
2: places all <laughs> yeah. public land long big country long mm-hmm. distance hikes did you take any naps you know, funny enough, I didn't take a nap. Golly, naps. man. Was anybody else in that league with you? There was like, what, seven guys in camp. Did anybody else not take a nap? I think Tyler Jones didn't take a nap. Um, was there anybody <laughs> else, though? I don't know. I don't think there was. I don't was. think there Golly, was. Golly, man. <laughs> These guys must just be, you know, awesome to your hunters. They're living
1: it up, dude. <laughs> Dead Gump. Uh, no, they're just hard workers. That's, that's all it. they are, man. They just had to have the nap. Yeah. That's how yeah. hard they
2: worked. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, back to the Eliminating Ground thing. I think that... I need to spend more time thinking about that, and like wrapping my mind around the process of eliminating ground. We also
2: eliminate a lot of ground on maps before we, even we go up there, for sure. So yeah, that's a that's a big part of it. it. Is like you want to eliminate enough ground yeah. that you you feel confident in an area that you've got x number of spots that potentially can be good, but you don't want to say like, oh, I got fifty thousand acres here that I can. In this region, within a you know hour or two or whatever it might be, thirty six hundred acres mm-hmm. that I feel good about. Because really, you shouldn't feel good about all the acreage in that area. Mm-hmm. You should feel good about a few spots. Go in and check them once you get there, and that's the final kind of step of elimination. Mm-hmm. And if they, and then we even checked them and, and felt good about them. So I guess there's actually a further step of elimination where you can sit a the camera there, or you can sit there like you did and say, "Man, I saw two does this morning." That should not be the case. Now, that'd be a good hunt if you're on East Texas public. It would. Two does is pretty solid. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, it'd be worth staying in there for I've had for a lot sure. of no does in uh, East Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. not the trucker uh, <laughs> yeah. pills that they yeah, take. Yeah, not, the,
1: not the trucker pills, but uh, <laughs> that does happen. And then you learn, you know, what? You, eliminating days is just as important as eliminating ground when you're hunting like a season <laughs> in East Texas, which is a whole different matter, but it's probably worth talking about here. Yeah. Um, I know that cold front sounds good. But if it's on October 7th, and it drops from a high of 95 to a high of 75, you still ain't going to kill him. This is all there is to it, man. I mean, and and that, yep. I say that kind of in jest, but it's truth, like, um, especially if you're talking about public land, it's going to be tough, man. If
2: this cold front that we've been in right now happened, uh, say the 28th of October. Rager. Rage. Mm-hmm. But instead, it happened on the 18th or whatever, uh-huh. and it's just not quite there.
1: It's not. They, not that we they haven't there's seen some stuff. There's some, some dudes stuff. killing some deer.
2: Yeah. I've had some good hunts
1: here the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, but um, overall, it's, uh, it's not what it could be later. No. So there's this aspect of like, you can go in there thinking you're going to Kill a deer on a cold front, but he still doesn't come in daylight. And then you boot spook him whenever you're leaving that night. Uh, and then he's like, he breaks his
2: pattern, yep. and it's over. So patience, yeah, patience kills big deer. Sure, that's and that's like the patience aspect is a big part of it. But also like patience, and if you only have a few days to choose this year that you can take off, or you know, get away from home, if your wife tries to hang that over your head, then uh, wait until. Halloweenish, That's right. You know what I mean? Go to that fall festival with her and take pictures of them pumpkins and kids, man.
1: Yeah. It, it'll work out. Pumpkin headed kids. <laughs> that's right. That's what I got. <laughs> and gum it, My kid's got a big head. <laughs>
2: Mine too. My, uh, Jet's head is, is literally like a seven and a half. Seven, seven. It's probably seven and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm a seven and three eighths. We got you, me, and Jet got the same size head. Yep. Melons. But that's, uh, that's with Jet with a short haircut. He's got your thick hair,
2: so yeah. like if he uh, throws that hair out, he's going
1: to have an eight for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, um, I, I mean, I think that the elimination game is definitely a big part of it. There's other, there's other things that uh, we've been thinking about in, in regards to, like, actually once you get to a spot that you kind of like – what mm-hmm. sign interpreting sign and that kind of thing? I think we should kind of hit on that at the end, but maybe we maybe we talk about like how South Dakota actually went for us. Yeah, and it was a struggle for me, um, because uh, I turned into a bird hunter real quick. And you know, this so this stuff, you, you, if you guys are wondering where the videos are at on some of these deer that we've been shooting, um, we talked about it in the last episode a little bit, I think, but eater has been gracious, meat eater has been gracious to, um, you know allow us to kind of extend our platform by they want to put out some some deer hunting videos of ours from this year so we're kind of holding a few back uh to give them it's going to be a really cool mini series that we're doing for them and uh in return what they're kind of giving us is this opportunity for um more people to see what we think is cool right Mm -hmm. um i mean we've got 30 something thousand subs on youtube so there's a lot of people that can see you know something that we we think is cool and all you guys listen and think is cool too but uh they've got like a million subs so Mm -hmm. there's just going to be more people that get to see it and hopefully that helps us in the future um and also it's just exciting to be able to share like hey this is something i think is cool and important it's a big part of my life and uh i hope you can think it's cool too you know Mm -hmm. so anyway that's where these videos are going but i had uh had a first couple of days that was really good in south dakota you're um, efficient
1: you go on these trips you end up being pretty efficient last year you were the first first guy to shoot a deer in south dakota
2: yep yep i don't know man i uh i feel like sometimes i am sometimes i'm just lost like the there's you know there's a place here in texas that we hunt we're or, you know it's public or whatever and uh you've been kind of hunting it lately and i feel like um, when I get a chance to go down there this year, I could possibly struggle. It's just so unfamiliar East to me. Texas
1: is is just a struggle. Man. It is. <laughs> it
2: is. But. That's why I travel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but we, we, in South Dakota, we, uh, let's see, opening morning, I sat on a place and saw like a decent mule deer actually, and didn't love it a lot. I liked the entire property, but where I sat, I didn't really love. We were on the ground. We were mainly glassing. Um, You know, with seven dudes involved and all the logistics and the buck boat and the buck truck and everything else and all the people. Like, the opening morning sometimes is hard to make what you want to happen happen, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that evening, I went to a place that I'd kind of looked at, and I was like, man, I, I actually told you, I was like, I think there has to be, a shooter buck in here and, you know, is this the tree that I need to sit on? And you're like, mm, it looks pretty good, you know? And so, um, uh, I went in there, we had, Eric and I went in there, we had, um, uh, sticks and stands and everything, or, you know, cruiser platforms and, uh, saddles and everything and got in there and I realized I was looking at basically a bed to feed pattern. Uh, this area I thought was bedding and there was some private land ag, um, you know, nearby. And I was like, they gotta be doing this. I could see a trail that goes by this landmark tree. That's the one I'd asked you about. So we get in there, I look at things and as I'm going towards this landmark tree, I see multiple trails coming up through these kind of little draws that are going up to Ag, right? And I'm like I start to shut it down and I'm like, Man, that tree definitely is a landmark tree. But, you know, are they actually using that or are they coming you know, more to this this side of where I'm at. And so basically decided, long story short, I was going to sit there on the ground for the night and I could make moves uh, based on a little saddle I had that I could move to each little drainage and make shots if I had deer coming up at me so I could see them coming for a little ways, maybe like a couple hundred yards. We sit there, uh, we see a, like a spike coming out pretty early. He makes his way around. He kind of dips down into this thing in the back of this little bowl um, uh, and I couldn't see, I knew there was a Creek right there, but I couldn't see where he was going exactly or what he's going to, uh, I could tell you that it's dry up there. And I thought, well, when he came out, I thought maybe that's, you know, maybe there's a, there's a reason he went there. Maybe, maybe water, who knows, but I don't know if water goes in there anyway, he comes, he kind of comes by and, and we get, you know, he doesn't, we didn't spook, we don't spook him. I see a doe pop out. Uh, Then there's a couple coyotes and then this is like getting like last, you know, 15 minutes of shooting light. And then I look and there's a buck like 120 yards from us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this might happen. Well, he turns and goes away from the ag as this doe and these coyotes are coming up towards ag really and uh which coyotes doesn't really matter i mean i don't think they're going to the ag but they're going that direction so he's going against the grain <laughs> coyotes are jokers dude. they are dude. they've messed up a lot of stuff for they me, tried me. to mess this up man mm-hmm. uh and so anyway they he's like he goes away and he goes right at that doe and i'm like i tell eric i'm like dude he's about to bump this doe and mess with her and he goes literally i guess they're on the same trail because he goes right through her never moves his head never sniffs her <laughs> nothing dude she busts out kind of to the side like 15 yards and stands there he just keeps on walking and goes right into the same little spot that that little spike was at that point I had a pretty good hunch he was going to get water um and so when he went down into that creek system and disappeared this doe's at like 150 and she's kind of preoccupied with the coyotes I told Eric I was like hey and I'd set up on this open hill where it was literally just like roll over Get behind the hill and dip out because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be like, you know, make it difficult on me to exit. <clears throat> so I roll over, we dip out quick, get back to the truck before, you know, it's probably just not many, much. There's 10, five, 10 minutes of shooting light left when we probably, you know, about time we got back to the truck. And I started making plans for the next day, Talked to you a little bit. <clears throat> and we went around uh, the other side and got a better look the next morning at what was going on didn't see that buck uh but long story short i saw a good eight that was like he was actually ended up bedding real close and he had come into bedding before dark before or before daylight like he it was we got up there and set up in the dark which is a good move even if you're scouting and glassing it's a good move to get in there before you you know get a good advantage or a good vantage point before you can get seen by deer. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We were sitting there in the dark for a while. Sometimes you got to do that. It's a good idea to uh, maybe like read your Bible app or pray or whatever you want to do. But there's things you can do besides just sit in the dark and be bored. Uh, and this this deer entered this bedding before... I didn't see him till like eight. And the last time we bedded him was like 845. And I was, I was he was so thick in there. I wasn't sure that he bedded, but I could pretty much i know i pretty much know that if he comes out i'd probably be able to see him so i assumed he betted in there well get on on x make a bunch of like i'm looking i'm taking pictures of the area with my phone and i'm on on x i'm referencing the multiple maps like you said and trying to find like where is this deer going to come dude that's by. a big deal to do the pictures and reference with on x because no matter how hard you try
1: maps are two-dimensional Mm-hmm. That is the way it works. Even with the 3D thing, it doesn't show particular trees that stick up, mm-hmm. right? So you take a picture, and this is a skill that you can practice outside, right? You go outside in your backyard, say you can look across the pasture or something like that. You take a picture of the skyline, and you look at that at on, on on X and get good at figuring out
2: what, what, tr- what a certain tree mm-hmm. looks like on the map. Because yep. we use that all the time. Yeah, that was exactly what I was doing. I mm-hmm. was looking for a specific tree because I knew... Like on the map where I needed to be, but I needed a tree that I could hang in and didn't have to. You know, like it was mostly willows. Mm-hmm. You know what willows have is a lot of branches, mm-hmm. and you know, I I can tell you if you don't trim limbs, then you're okay. But there are states that you can do some of that in. But dude, we have we talked about this yesterday. There's so many regulations to for when we travel. We try to read all this stuff. We try to learn it. Um, but dude. You just when we we would never try to do something illegal, but like it, it's just a matter of time before you accidentally do something that you didn't know. It also Out depends on right? what
1: type of public land you're on, too.
2: Right? Exactly.
1: You can be on this land or on here, federal or yeah. state
2: or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's such a it's it's kind of nerve wracking because I am I'm a rule follower. I don't mm-hmm. like. I don't like to mess up. I didn't mess up in school. I didn't get trouble. I wasn't a troublemaker in school. It's just not my, not in my nature. And so anyway, I'm trying to find a tree that I can get into and get shots out of. Right. I'm trying to abolish all the rules. Good. I follow them, but I don't like any. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, so I, I end up making a pretty good plan. I feel like I spent the next two hours making a plan, mm-hmm. like constantly on the map, constantly looking through glass Trying to figure out exactly where that deer is going to end up, and exactly which tree I need to be in, and which tree allows me to be to get shots. We go back, uh, get lunch, and come back that evening. And uh, there's a little bit of wind, which was nice, but it's not an ideal wind. Like it's blowing to where if a deer comes past on this trail, it's going to get my wind at some point. Mm-hmm. And so, not my favorite. But it's blowing at a pretty good clip, which was good because those willow trees are also like loud and noisy to get into so uh i had assumed there was on this creek i could tell from that morning that that creek where i thought the water hole was was dry but knowing that two deer went into that same spot i had assumed that there was a low spot or deep spot in the creek that there was some sort of water right Mm -hmm. so i i go in there we get to that spot there's a water hole that's like five yards wide deep it's got tracks all over it you know in these two spots And I was like, this is it. I'm going to sit in this willow right here, even though it's leaning like crazy, and I'm going to kill a deer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill that eight point tonight. And there was also a doe in there with him that I had seen bad as well. So we set up quiet as can be, um, do a pretty good job of that. And I'm kind of like leaning the whole time a little bit uncomfortable in that saddle because the tree's bent. So it kind of wants to pull me one way on my tether, you know, rope or whatever. And um, so... I, I were sitting there for a little while and kind of gets Eric's getting some shots, whatever. Uh, I'm keeping an eye like back towards that bedding. And I see, I see a deer. And I'm like, I see, I see a deer right there. I think it's a doe. And it was, it was the doe. She comes down this trail and we're sitting like 15 foot up in this willow. But we're, the, the willow grows in the bottom of the Creek. So we're like almost eye level with this doe. Right. And she, the trail is literally like 10 yards. And, like it's, it's so top pin that I didn't even measure anything that direction mm-hmm. really. <clears throat> well, she comes down that trail, works her way in and gets like, do basically the wind should have been, uh, it was, a it was supposed to be Southeast and she caught our wind like due West and it kind of freaked me out cause I thought. We were going to get get away with a little more. She was about just broadside pretty much before she caught her wind. So kind of freaked me out. She takes off back in the bedding. I tell Eric, I'm like, man, that might have messed the whole deal up because she went right back down towards that deer. But it's real thick in there. Mm-hmm. Dude, it wasn't like 15 minutes later probably. I'm looking back in there, keeping my eyes peeled, you know, not moving. And I see a an antler back in there like 60 yards maybe and Mm. maybe 50 yards he was close Mm. but so there's willows everywhere right Mm -hmm. thick willows of all different sizes so i tell eric he finally sees him and he comes down the trail and when he comes out of the big like eight foot willows uh there's like a gap Mm -hmm. and i see him and he's like probably 35 at this point and he's kind of coming towards us down this trail and he's going to kind of flatten out and go you know, perpendicular when he gets close. So he comes through that gap and then he gets into this little like five foot willow willow tree little spot and there's it's brushy. So I draw back. And dude, when I got to full draw, it was like 100% this deer is dead as a doornail. He's done. When I'm at full draw and he didn't catch me, I feel real good about it. Mm -hmm. Because the next time I shoot him is for sure top pin. And so comes... Starts coming in, and I'm like I'm at full draw, and as I'm watching through the willows, I start to realize like I'm not, I don't even have my pin on him really. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of waiting until he gets closer and more broadside. So at that point, I was like, okay, I need to dial in a little bit and you know be ready because it's happening quick, right? He's just on a walk, and uh and so I dial I dial in and I put my pin where I think it should be, you know, whatever, and I'm just following him as he's coming through. He's like 15. And he's getting closer and he starts to kind of pan out and get broadside. And he's like 10 to 12 max. And he's going in and out of these willows. And I, I'm like, it's I can just see it in my mind. Like the scope or the the side housing of my site is like just this dark margin blocking thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just dialed into the pen. And I feel real good about it though. Like I, I, I can see his, his shoulder moving in and out and I know where he's at and... Uh, he comes through a gap, and it's like, there it is. He's 10 yards. I'm going to shoot him right behind the shoulder, you know, like in the triangle. And I pull the trigger, and the arrow quickly goes to the hardest part on a deer's body, probably, which is that front shoulder, you know, just the you call it the nook. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go anywhere it just stops dead right there and he peels out and I literally, you probably can hear me on the video go, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I couldn't believe that that's where I hit mm-hmm. and that I had just lost all sense of where his shoulder was in the, in the mix of going in and out of willows. And like, he was so close that it, it it's literally like turning your scope up to nine power and trying to shoot a deer at 30 yards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it, like with a gun. That's what it, it equates to is like, you know, not having a low power scope and shooting deer at at close range. And so I I lost him and I shot, I shot into his shoulder. It didn't get any penetration, came out quick. Wasn't hardly any blood on the arrow. We found a little bit of blood that night, ended up, uh, bumping him. You found him and he was bedded that night, bumped him. He went up actually Mount Rushmore that night and, uh, up over, um, washington's head i think <laughs> yeah. it was and, uh, it's pretty slick but he made it up it was that gum straight up dude yeah. and uh and then me and eric spent miles and miles and for a while the next morning trying to find him and there was only so many places he could have gone mm-hmm. in that direction and uh we and then we went back in there like two days later never saw buzzards coyotes nothing mm-hmm. and so and he ran off like unscathed he didn't he didn't have a limp or anything you found your era yeah Bad and, news.
1: Yeah, not much penetration.
2: I mean, I'm using the big. I'm using the biggest. This is a, what I've decided. I have not just willy nilly done this either. I've been uh-huh. thinking about this a lot. I use the biggest, about one of the biggest broadheads I can use. It's a mechanical front deploy, and it it killed a Nebraska toad real nice. Yeah, uh, like three days prior to this. But
1: you smoked him. You put in the soft stuff. That's right. And there's you can't different shoot ways. On the shoulder, Guys man. hate it when when I say this and we say this. I'll just say it that way. You don't have to, or <laughs> if you don't agree, like. Um, people think it's cocky or whatever, but, like, I'm planning on shooting the best shot I can. Yeah. I'm not planning on shooting plan B. I shoot that's, a lot, That's dude. where me and Troy are different. It's just how it is. Yeah. And it's okay that other people plan for
2: that. Yeah. But I also don't think well, – I also don't wear uh, face paint, but Tony does, and I feel like yeah. Tony's a good hunter. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, we all hunt differently. Yeah. You know, there's, there's things. It doesn't make you a joke because mm-hmm. you wear face paint. Mm-hmm. It's only if you put it on, you know, in curls and stuff like that and do weird things with it. <laughs> you spend an hour on it, right? <laughs> Yeah, you spend yeah. an hour on it. You can you tell kinda...
1: Tony spends about 30 seconds yeah, his face Yeah, he takes man.
2: a big old smear of it and just it's, drops it on his yeah. face. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I don't feel like the need to do that. Yeah. Uh, but he does, and Tony kills deer, and so do I. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, you know, to an extent, if you think about your stuff, then that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. If you think about it and you try to work on it hard, then – then it's okay or whatever. You, you just know? don't so,
1: go strap on whatever your favorite TV person does and just do it too. Yeah. If you do that, then you haven't
2: thought about it very much. Yeah, you know? but, exactly. So, but it, I mean, I think if you'd have shot, um, which I'm shooting a 500 grain arrow, so it's not light. No. Um, uh, for most people, that's heavy. Yeah, it's hmm. exactly right. We had a guy tell us uh, like 4:30 <laughs> was heavy or something. <laughs> yeah. you know, this year. So uh, yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's it's. Uh, it's an arrow that I've thought about a lot. It's actually the Vector ZMR, and I've killed a lot of deer with this Vector mm-hmm. ZMR. Right? Um, if I had to put a 150 or 100, it was 150 grain, uh, two blade fixed on it, that's as well made as possible. Most guys would like be like, "Oh, iron wheel." Okay, well, put an iron wheel on that thing and shoot him in the hardest place on his body outside of the hip socket or whatever. Like, probably not getting. The penetration you need—you got to put it where it needs to be. This footage will be out
1: next summer. Everybody'll get to see it. Um, I don't think, and I'm not dissing on you because we've already covered this a lot. I don't think you'd have killed that deer, no matter what the broadhead was. I don't. I don't think so either. I don't think that there were vitals behind where you hit.
2: Yeah, it was just—it was very forward. Mm-hmm. It, it was a shocker that I hit there. I did yep. not think that that's where I was. And, and dude, it's ten yards, like. Mm-hmm holly man so, i just smoked one at 28 or nine or whatever yeah. you know a few days prior let me ask you
1: this uh did you um shoot your bow before that like maybe not like shot it in the yard we shot on that yeah. day i
2: think yeah didn't we uh that was an evening before evening before yeah and you were messing with your yeah. string or whatever that the rats chewed that's yep. fun um mm-hmm. uh, which yeah.
1: i've still been messing with um yeah. And then, have you shot your bow since then?
2: Once, and it hit pretty good. It uh, at thirty, it was like I feel like you know. And this is day to day, so I haven't moved my sight yet. But it was about an inch and a half left, I think, overall at thirty. Well, you so hit at that 10, your right. Yeah, exactly. So, and at at ten, it shouldn't be now. So right. what
1: I'm getting at is like this is this was a user error situation. Yeah. And yeah. it's just something that I just lost it, the shoulder, man. It's the it's the cliche bow hunting thing to say, but I told Greg yesterday, I was like, you know what, sometimes cliches are good because it's a thing that happens, right? But like uh the cliche is you hunt long enough, it's gonna happen to you. Yeah. And it did.
2: I was sad, dude. I, you was, were for I was a few days. Dude, it was weird. It was weird. Uh this is something that's that's tough, but like I knew when the arrow hit I knew we weren't going to find the deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a 99% thing in my mind. So I literally go from this awesome anxiety of like stress filled situation where that I live for, where a deer mm-hmm. is 10 yards and you get the money shot, you're drawn back. You think you've got it to literally knowing almost hundred percent that this deer is not going to be found. Mm-hmm. In a split second, and it it almost made me throw up. I bet it was like I, I had to lean against the tree. You can see the video. <laughs> like I lean against the tree and like put my hand up, and I just closed my eyes. Like and I felt nauseous, like I was about to throw up. It was it's a weird feeling because it's it's like an adrenaline dump, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm sorry yeah. that happened to you, man. It well, it's I'm cool with it now. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't the biggest deer of my life, but it was a solid, nice, mature eight point. And you know, I really worked hard to figure him out you know and it was it was we we sweated it out and we put in you know the time and effort and miles and time on the maps and everything and Mm -hmm. and then i knew that we were i put us in a situation where six seven dudes are about to go wear themselves out that night and that feels just super selfish um (sighs) and so that's
1: part of the like we said friendship's a big part of this thing like it's just part of what you do I didn't think twice about it, and it's not because like I just love you so much, Tyler. You know, but it's but it's just like just what you do. Yeah, I didn't, it's almost I know. like it just feels. We talked about the it uh, whooped our tails. If there's at night. such a thing as as neutral uh, in class last night, because um, y'all brought it up, and I was like, I want to bring that up to these <laughs> kids. Yeah, uh, and uh, but that, um, it, at face value, felt very neutral for me. Mm. This is like. It wasn't like, oh, I hate that I have to go do this. Or like, oh, I'm just so excited. It's just like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Let's go find the deer. Well, Well, and I'll say this too. I feel as if I was, uh, I'm not tooting a horn at all because it's actually the opposite of that. But like, I was pretty influential in saying we should go look for that deer. Um, And I think that, I don't know how it would have went if we didn't. But um, judging from that shot into bone, I just felt like looking for... He's either going to be dead or he's not. Mm-hmm. And so we might as well go look for him. <clears throat> yep. And I've heard... Now, this is just... I've heard from other people, right? So I don't know. But like, if you break a bone and it bleeds, then you got to keep that thing bleeding for the deer to die. Because mm-hmm. um, they can clog that up pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So I that's kind of was running through my head, too. It was like, well, yeah. we're going to go
2: see if, what that looks like. Yeah. And, yeah. It looked well, like and deer Eric that thought, Eric probably he Eric thought he saw him or heard him saw him crash. Mm-hmm. And um he's a good seer. <laughs> he uh Eagle eye. Hurt. He 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 had like on the video the deer like goes down like a little hill or whatever mm-hmm. and it's at the very margin of the screen so you could almost say that it looked like he like if you wanted to convince yourself that look like a crash, but I'm sitting there going the whole time I'm like I know exactly where that thing hit and it is bad dude. Yeah, it's not
1: good. I thought that maybe there's a possibility. So what happens on the impact is the arrow straight up just demolishes the knuckle. Uh, and but the deer doesn't look broke legged when he runs off. Mm-hmm. He's so, getting it, dude. Yeah, he's getting yep. it good. But the arrow kicks sideways really hard, and I thought that maybe there is a world where like one of those blades kept on cutting
2: beyond the impact and slash like a neck yeah. vein or mm-hmm. artery or something yeah but yeah it didn't it didn't it didn't um and so it's weird <clears throat> because after that um i decided to eat or punch my tag um just because of a lot of reasons a I like bird hunting a lot so it wasn't like it wasn't the biggest deal you know but I was I mean that was that was the second day of the season we're there for like potentially another five days <clears throat> um so since the guys all um <clears throat> worked really hard for me that night and missed the next morning's hunt because of how late we're out and stuff I decided to try to be a team player and I, I bird hunted a little bit shot some 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 birds uh really had to be disciplined to hold off some of the pheasants in the area, yeah. and uh, and decided to basically be the scouting man and find find deer. And so I would say not to take a bunch of credit, but I um, I would say I had a, a little bit of a hand in. What happened for you that later that trip? Yeah, so... <laughs> kind of g- gave you some direction, I guess.
1: Um, Tyler, for sure, allowed me to uh, be the passenger in the buck truck some, which doesn't get to happen all that often. A mm-hmm. drop, little drop-off action, which is nice. Uh, um, and he dropped me off to go hunt, and then you'd go glass some places. And you end up glassing a cornfield. Uh, well, let me back up a little bit. You dropped me off at this one place that I killed last year that we were hyping all year long, ready to go back. Went in there and did not see a deer hardly. <laughs> so that's what, like, at that moment when I was like, oh, South Dakota's different this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and fast forward, because uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about like all my hunts, because really what I did was mostly struggle to find bucks like most of the time we're in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. First morning, I had a weird encounter with a buck while we were glassing pretty much and like had to stalk this deer because he was about to walk up to the truck and he was going to get real spooked (laughs) if he did that. So, uh, we got down and kind of chased him around and he ran off. I'm kind of, I'm still very kind of glad we didn't shoot that deer. He had a pretty nice set of antlers, but he was like for sure a two year old Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, day one, I just didn't want to do that, and I got to hunt so much more because I didn't shoot that deer. Greg and I were talking about this yesterday, and I'll I'll stick with this until something changes my, my mind. But I'm I'm not a believer in the old adage of don't don't pass the first day, which you'll shoot the last. Yeah, I value the hunt a whole lot. So, like, I like to be able to hunt six days and then shoot a spike on the last day if I mm-hmm. want to. You yep. know, like I, I or a doe or whatever. You know, like yep. I'm not gonna go. Punch a tag on day one because, uh, you know, well, I, I'd shoot that before we left. No, nah, it's just not. That's a very basic way of looking at things, mm-hmm. I, think.
2: Mm-hmm. I also
1: have a lot of meat in the freezer, so that helps that decision as well. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, this might seem like a faux pas, but I'm trophy hunting now. You know, I'm trying yeah. to shoot a big buck, man. That's what I love to do, you know. Yep. And that's learn right. about them and, and chase them, man. So, that's what I did. Didn't found very many. You found some. You found some real nice deer hitting an ag field that uh, was uh, around public. So we snuck in a big long loop around behind that ag field one morning to catch the deer leaving the ag field and had a pretty crazy encounter on the ground there Uh, and then um, didn't kill a deer. And then on the way out, I decide, this is the thing that I think um, I waste a lot of time doing, but every once in a while it works out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Worked in Oklahoma last year. It did. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, if you take the scenic route, you learn something, and it's. I wasn't thinking about the Oklahoma one, but it did. Last year, we could have just walked out to the truck, but we decided to walk over and look at this water tank. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't be like two or three hundred yards out of the way. wasn't that big of a deal, but that pretty much was super influential in me killing that deer. Then this morning, I told Tyler, also, hey... Also, you get
2: to burn more calories so you can eat more like cereal, Pop-Tarts, those kind of things. Yeah, in particular, uh, burritos were my <laughs> go-to. And
1: I think that would be the how the season goes because I felt so good on the burrito diet, man.
2: Man, that's something we need to create is the burrito diet. Absolutely. Man.
1: No beans. I think, you know, beans are tasty and I love them, but beans are hard on your body. Yeah. Uh, they may make you gassy and they're hard to digest, but like just meat... And cheese, sour cream, and salsa. Mm. Like, you can make a one-pound burrito out of that, and you're going to feel like a champion the next day. dude. dude. It is good.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Tomatoes Uh,
2: and meat, cheese. Oh, yeah, dude. What else do you need? Some people like to put um, spaghetti sauce on there instead of hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, So um, we decided to take a long way out that morning. Uh, We could have walked out the same route we went in and walked 800 yards, or we could walk... Like one point seven miles uh, to go um, out and meet you, kind of where you were. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do that, and um, we almost we were like walking to the truck, pretty much. After a big long walk, we hadn't seen a whole lot. We'd seen some hunter pressure and uh, some does and stuff on the way. We didn't like walk up on a dude. It's late in the morning, right? But we saw a stand. Um, anyways, we're almost back to the truck, like quarter mile. And all of a sudden, like, Greg and I are literally at the point of uh, relaxed, not st- not being stalky anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we hear deer busting out of the, the brush. And we're in this little place that's got some terrain. And we look down, and there goes a little dinker. Oh, man. And then out behind him comes, like, a big dinker. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to shoot that. I'd like to shoot that deer. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So um, we take off running down the hill, like, Greg and I both have long hair, and it was like we were running fast enough our hair was like off our shoulders, you know what I mean? Like we were running. Um, And we to go cut this deer off, because there's two things he could do. He could go up the hill, or he could go down through the bottom. And I'm like, well, if he goes up the hill, we can see him. If he goes down through the bottom, we can't from where we're at. Let's go cut him off. So we ran about 200 yards down, and we see this buck go to bed up in this other hill. And we're like, oh, okay. I called you and said, hey, I need you to come over here so we can orchestrate a bump on this deer. Mm -hmm. So I told you where we were, and you came and met us, and then I showed you where the buck was up in the hill. We couldn't see him, but he was in thick cover. Greg and I then make a half-mile loop around. Um, I learned this from you um, to do the extra steps, like actual walking steps on a situation like this because we could have cut across the bottom right there and did that in like a 400 yard
2: walk but we did like a half mile walk or a little more yeah to it make took sure. it took longer than i thought i was like going, i feel like they should be here by now yeah we were we because i was thinking when i was looking i could kind of see where i thought y'all would go uh-huh. and apparently you made the big loop we you know? did we so, did make the big loop
1: yep. um and <laughs> we ended up bumping deer out like coming in a couple times yeah I was scared
2: it's about to blow up yeah. right there.
1: And then uh <clears throat> we finally get set up. We we actually got on Onyx and worked out a strategy pretty good for where we were gonna sit. Um and uh I got two thirds majority on this thing. Not that it's a bad thing. <laughs> uh but y'all's point was good and I I agreed. Uh but <clears throat> there was a different tree that I initially wanted to sit up on. Uh and then we all decided this other one was probably a better option. Um in hindsight, the other tree would have been closer to the deer. But you, it also would have put me completely out of the game if the deer would have done a different thing. So
2: I wonder if they wouldn't have heard or seen you too. It's possible. Because they, saw, we they either heard or saw me coming through the bottom way sooner than I thought they would. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's for weird. sure. They they also felt real secure where they were. So, like, I saw that deer moving around out in there, like, probably – 45 seconds before he actually really? bumped. Yeah, I think he was like, ugh, feeling the pressure, yeah. but not moving. it's like, I like this plum thicket. Yeah, so I gave Tyler the wave and said, hey, come on. And uh, he starts coming up, and the bump pretty much works perfectly, but the deer uh, bumps out and stops, and this is when Greg ranges him at 40 in his mind, and I put <laughs> the range rider right on him, at 61. But he's like, not scared. He is... Pretty calm, he's Mm -hmm. just like looking at those does, chilling and whatever. And I'm like, Man, y'all, not everybody will agree with the way I look at this. Um, don't worry, he's been judged before, he'll be judged today, too. That's right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) only one judgment matters, man. Um, so, uh, I range him at 61, read the deer's body language, it's not windy. And I'm like, If you hunt on the ground, you have to be prepared to take some longer shots sometimes, Mm. and that's the way it goes. I uh, draw back, he's very relaxed, and I decide to let it fly. I mean, I'm pretty effective out to 80 yards. Been shooting know? all summer. Yeah. Every and day, pretty I'm much. Not telling everybody they go start taking 60-yard shots. Because mm-hmm. a lot of things can happen in there, uh, especially in the woods. Mm-hmm. Because your arrow has to go up a lot before it comes down. But mm-hmm. out there in the more open country, it is what it is. Yep. You know, you, you don't have to worry about that as much. Yep. Well to shorten that up a little bit, uh, I shoot just over this deer. Um, uh, and, um, what happened uh, is the thing that you worry about a little bit, but the deer moved slightly while the arrow was in the air. He took like a step forward. So if I would have hit him where I wanted to, it would have been a liver shot, but I was shooting the big three blade and he would have died in sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, uh, it wasn't wouldn't have been tucked right behind the shoulder like I would like it to. Mm. But it's a quarter in a way in the liver, probably single lung. Uh, but I did just miss him barely over his back. And I was sad for sure because I, I was at the point in the hunt where I felt like I was running out of options, you know. Like, man, I might have just messed this up. But at the same time, we're talking about this. You go up there and meet us and we talk about it. We're at the side of the arrow and we look over. And here's two pretty decent bucks and a toad that can bump out of a different little spot. Yeah. And we're like, oh, my goodness. And they didn't spook spook. They weren't like tails up. They just kind of like went over the hill. And we talked about, man, should we go try to figure out what those are?
2: And then we decide, let's just come set up, set up on them in the morning. And uh, that's what we did. And you and I talked also. We kind of, this is a good thing about mm-hmm. hunting with your buddies that you can trust. Yeah. Is uh, I had been dove hunting on a food source that wasn't far from there uh-huh. and that morning. And at like, I think it was like 8.30 or 9, had busted a buck out of corn. near, Like like near a road. Uh-huh. And he went in the direction that we ended up doing this whole thing that mm-hmm. we're talking about it right now. Is and that the so, same little
1: buck you saw a few times that day?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw him more than once. A little once. basket eight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Anyway, that but basically with that information and with what you, you know, guys ran into there, like we were feeling pretty confident about the next morning's move, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that this, like this is a thing that we didn't know existed a couple hours ago. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we're like, golly, dude, we're going to kill them in the morning here. You and know?
1: it's uh, probably the coldest morning of the trip too. Mm-hmm. And that always means later deer movement, like just – Bar none, across the board. If the morning is colder than it has been, you'll see deer movement later. I'm not saying you're going to kill a big buck, but you Mm -hmm. will see deer on their feet a little later than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So we add all that up. Uh, I actually pick a couple trees on On Onyx and plan to go in there early in the morning and kind of vet those trees, make sure that's what I want to um, pick. And this is a thing that's happened to me on two hunts now. Um, I... Try to hunt on the ground, chase deer around, go crazy, and then like I make a plan and execute it to go hang in a tree in a cruiser saddle and I kill a deer. <laughs> it's so it's nice. like,
2: dude, you can go. Have you just sat in a cruiser twice this year?
1: Well, I've been sitting some. Oh, lately. I guess yeah. But I shot a big giant hog out of one. Yeah. Uh, and then in South Dakota we did sit in in saddles one
2: That's time right. before, but yeah. it was
1: in the rain. So my butt was comfortable, but the rest of my body was not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I don't really count that one because it just wasn't a – it was hardly a hunt, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, All I got from that was a picture of Greg with a rainbow over his head. So that's about it. Um, He walks around with that thing over there all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, this was the first real one. And it was pretty (laughs) neat, actually, where – we got in there, got set up in the tree, in the dark, and it's the right tree. As we're setting up, we see two scrapes on the ground, and we're like, "Oh, this is this is good." And we actually need to talk about scrapes here in a little bit, yeah. Um, but um, uh, I get set up to shoot those scrapes and a trail behind me, and um, set Greg up in where he's going to be in the tree, uh, and then about I don't know sunrise. So we've been sit- eh, maybe not even that or late, probably fifteen minutes after daylight. I decide, man, I don't have any shots back to, um, like, behind me, like, at all. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of set up for, like, an eight-yard shot, and that's it. And I said, man, I'm going to actually reposition in the tree. So I take my saddle or my platform, and I put that thing about seven foot higher up in a tree on a different little trunk. We're in an elm tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, <clears throat> it was the right move. Because the wind got up, mm-hmm. so, like, you could get away with a lot in the tree, right? And I wasn't, like, doing jumping jacks, but you probably could have. i um, surprised you weren't. I know. Uh, I did I did afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but, so, I went from having, like, this one little shot to having a lot of shots and a lot of room. But I was a little bit more exposed, but I was okay with it because I had good wind cover and mm-hmm. good camo. So, I was felt good about it. Well... I get set up, you know, I'm relaxing, leaning back in the saddle, whatever, looking around, and Greg's good at seeing deer. Greg says, his eyes get the size of saucers, dude. Buck, right <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I can't, I can't get this dude to figure out the clock face thing. Me neither, dude. Digital clocks, man, they ruined us. Yeah, but you could at least say, like, to your left or something, you know, but Greg is a right there kind of guy.
2: I understand it. He's direct, man. The thing is, (laughs) well, the thing is, why I use right there is to let you know, don't move. Like, yeah, I can move. You know what I mean? So, Uh, (laughs) yeah, in that wind, I guess you could. Well, uh, he's
1: also like fifty yards. So, oh, well, there you go. Um, Yeah, yeah. they're further probably, Uh, but uh, there's a buck right there for sure, and he is working his way back from the food you talked about down through this cover. And he is browsing the whole way. He's eating the leaves that are starting to fall off the trees. He's eating that stuff like brush and trees. He's pulling leaves off of and just moving so slow. We end up watching this deer. I got a nap buzz around my head. Get out of here! Uh, so, um, it's a it's a nice eight point, dude. I'm like getting hype, you know. Old oh, Nate, it is Nate, dude. Uh, I because I had flung an arrow had a deer smaller than that the day before and missed so i was like okay oh yeah let's bring this on (laughs) yeah and i I, uh after looking at him on the hoof and like having him in my hands and stuff um which you see where this is going now um like this deer i think is three uh i don't which is what i wanted to do i wanted to up an age class Mm uh for sure so um good-looking eight-point beautiful buck just pretty slick coat fat you know just south dakota deer Mm -hmm. you know oh Mm -hmm. i love them and uh but it's that thing where like the anxiety builds for a very long time and i have this thing where like uh i see a deer i want to shoot it right then Mm -hmm. i have a real hard time watching them for a while (laughs) Uh, not that like it rattles me but i don't like that i want to shoot them pretty quick Mm -hmm. uh so because just things can go wrong you know um but we end up we have a really strong headwind and this deer is like as good a we are downwind of this buck Mm -hmm. and so like there's no question of getting smelled we our tree's rocking back and forth so he's not gonna see us Mm -hmm. and uh, we just watch this deer work by uh this like a little habitat transition line and i'm like trying to find a hole to shoot him in and I'm preparing for him to make a hard lift into the bedding cover and have to stop him and shoot him. But I tell him myself, I was like, no, if I just be patient, his direction of travel will be down this thing. He's gonna go down here and bed in the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's where he's gonna head. But he might do this thing. So I'm like are always trying to like I'm shoot him there. Mm-hmm. Oh, just wait. There's a couple twigs. Just wait, Casey, it's gonna be fine. And sure enough, at some point in time he decides He's going to start to make his way down the hill, and he takes about four steps and is just, just comes into a very broad clearing. And I uh, gave him a meh, not a bad, but a I went meh like that. I think that higher pitch thing carries better in the wind. Mm-hmm. You know that low pitch bah, that doesn't really carry very good. Mm-hmm. So I gave him a meh. He stopped calmly and looked around didn't look the right direction too which is real nice about a windy day yeah they don't know where for sure things come from so he yep. wasn't looking at the arrow flying through the air 37 yards uh i put i just put 35 in the money and 37 hit in the money for sure yeah. smoke dude mm. <laughs> like it was one of those good feelings where it's like arrow disappears you hear a, you know or whatever mm. the sound is uh and the deer takes off down the hill like a scalded bandit with his tail tucked between his legs, and I like a great like, oh, dude, <laughs> he's toast. <laughs> was it a pass through? Uh, it was about as pass as you get, I would say. Uh, Arrow was uh, stuck in the dirt through the through the brush. Talk about your setup, the, real quick. My setup. Yep. Uh, vector HMR, about 540
2: grains total arrow weight. Three-blade mechanical, very large cutting diameter. Uh, you didn't hit him in the shoulder knuckle, though. I didn't. So you didn't test your arrow properly.
1: I did <laughs> shoot through the <laughs> shoulders, though.
2: Yeah, you I did, hit, didn't the, you? I hit
1: the triangle the, uh, with this deer, which yeah. is, if you can aim at a spot on a deer with archery equipment, guys, <clears> it <throat> is the triangle. It is not behind the shoulder. It is in the the shoulder not actually proper but you watch where that leg comes up okay that goes up to the top of the shoulder blade and then that shoulder blade comes down to the knuckle and that goes back to that elbow of the leg that's the triangle hit in the middle of that it's all soft in there and you will get complete complete pass-throughs heart and lung almost every time mm. i've got the, the top of this deer's heart off is what i did and means to also probably double lung uh, as well, but I pulled the heart out. You could tell what mm-hmm. had happened. Like he had nothing connecting his heart to the rest of his vascular system, which yeah. is it's a good thing to do. It's effective. Yes, it he works. didn't go very far. So, did did he? not. <laughs> no, he went like forty yards downhill, downhill, so, and was uh, pointed the wrong way. Whenever we got to him, and yeah. his antlers had mud on them, so that dude took a nosedive. Yeah. And just died. It's awesome, dude. It was pretty fun, man. That and then we all point. got to have fun recovering the deer together.
2: Yeah. And, and then we sweet. went
1: and recovered another buck. That was wild. Which wasn't mine,
2: but yeah. that's uh, that's on video. You should mm-hmm. definitely go watch it. Um, yeah. This, so this, I mean, this was a fun trip. It, it t- was, It man. took some work to get to where we, because we were kind of worried late in the trip that mm-hmm. this was going to be, I mean, we knew it had been tougher, but we were worried it wasn't going to pan out the same And I actually have to uh, go eat lunch with a friend here real soon, but we promised that we'd give you some October tactics at the end of this thing, some things we've been talking about. You killed that deer, and you were pretty insistent that that scrape just gave you a really good confidence in there, right?
1: Absolutely. A scrape means it bucks
2: around. Yeah. Like, there's no question. So lately though you've been hunting back in texas some Mm -hmm. and we've been discussing scrapes a little bit it's later in the month um technically uh the deer at at least in this area are starting to really act ruddy um and so you know you asked me some questions about things in particular uh to the two questions you asked me were uh, that i can stick out of my mind are um do you think that Um, if I'm hanging cameras or hunting near scrapes that I'm more likely to see these smaller bucks that are working these things and that the mature deer either not there yet or they're out, you know, chasing or whatever. They're just not on these scrapes because we're seeing that from some of the camera um, data, it seemed like. And then you also asked me if I could have a camera put anywhere on some sort of sign, what would it be? So, I guess we can talk about those two things real quick. Um,
1: I think that mature bucks are not as uh, riled up about things. And they also, it's just like people, man. The older you get, you mellow out a little bit, but you know when it's time to rock and roll. You know what I mean? That's right. That's how the big bucks are. Yeah. They aren't going and messing around making a scrape every 100 yards on a lane. Mm-hmm. And that's what these little bucks are doing. You go out there and you find a you scrape that's the size of a pie plate on October 15th. You're like, oh, man, a scrape. But then you realize that no deer visited that in five days because yeah. well, two-year-old one got two-year-old mad. got mad, Yeah, made a scrape. And throughout the year, something will come by there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same thing as a big old good like marker scrape. Yep. You know
2: what I mean? And that's a different deal. So don't get overhyped about those scrapes. I think this, the limb can help you a lot there. Yeah. The, the, the overhanging limb, if it's chewed up real good, mm-hmm. it's been hit with, with the antlers and stuff, that's how you know it's getting multiple... Mm-hmm you know deer using it whereas mm-hmm. like you get a guy that's real hacked off for a couple minutes and makes a scrape you know it might have one little broken deal on it or something like that you mm-hmm. know it's not quite the same so that's one way maybe to help you tell yeah,
1: absolutely and it, even you can look and see if it's got year-to-year work on that limb that mm-hmm. helps a lot too mm-hmm. but i think right now that um i'm paying more attention to rubs than i ever have in the past Uh, part of that's because I'm getting in and tearing stuff up more on the ground. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of times I used to kind of go in and out and you just see a rub, and you are like, oh, rub, okay. (laughs) Uh, But, like, those places that have big rubs on big trees that look like they get hit multiple days, that means a a buck worth considering. I'm not going to say a shooter, but a buck
2: worth considering is spending some time in that area. Mm -hmm. What I love about this is... Like, you're not, <clears throat> you're always thinking. And this is why you're a good hunter. Um, Thanks, man. And this is what it takes to be a good hunter, I think, is you always got to be thinking. And you can't be that guy that's like, oh, Tyler, you should have shot it with a two blade 700 grain arrow. You know, yes. like, you can't just be so set in your ways. You know, there there are certain things to, to take a stand on probably. But, yeah. uh, like, stuff like this, we, we haven't paid a whole lot of attention to rubs in the past. And mm-hmm. now you're like, you know what, what is the deal? How do I figure these deer out in this weird, hard place of East Texas? And you're starting to go, okay, well, this time of year, maybe there is something to rubs this time of year. For yeah. this two-week period mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, That's like, exactly right. maybe that is my key that really helps me to decipher where I should be in this huge, just nasty east texas stuff mm-hmm. so and you know that w- my my thoughts on where i'd like to see a camera this time of year were on like just beat down trails mm-hmm. um because you know the the deer are going to start moving more as this rut starts to kick off uh the scrapes don't seem to be the key so let's put them on good trails because <clears throat> where just where we hunt it is hard to see like things from the aerial that tell you why, mm-hmm. and it's even hard to see when you get boots on the, you know, on the dirt as well. Uh, but there's something there. If there's a hardcore trail there, there's some reason. I don't know if it's six inches, you know, rise to the west, or if it's a, a actual like, oh, well, there's hackberries here, and then there's a line of ash trees here. You know, you, know, you don't
1: always have to know the reason.
2: Yeah, you just right. have
1: to know how to interpret the sign,
2: dude. Most guys hunt deer based off seeing deer uh-huh. in that spot. Yeah, that's dude. How many? i can remember growing up our buddy cody had a pear tree mm-hmm. in the back we always saw deer around didn't matter if there was uh pears there or not mm-hmm. and it's like well i mean if i was ever gonna sit with a rifle i would just go sit and watch that corner right there yeah. and that's how a lot of guys hunt mm-hmm. and it's effective dude yeah. kill big deer you yeah, know doing exactly. that so that's that's kind of the i mean that's the whole thing man if you see deer doing something it's probably not a bad idea to keep an eye on that
1: not a bad idea guys and you know what else isn't a bad idea subscribing to the element on YouTube making sure you're keeping up with what we're doing and also getting in the woods as much as you can okay because it is that time of year get out there where you can make some observations see some stuff in the woods and make moves off of that don't get too set in your ways make sure that you are learning what you need to learn but not over considering things that are non-factors right remember that and remember this is your element live in it
0: market house has the cleanest leanest juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight expect the service of a local butcher
1: and the convenience of a large supplier unlike many online butchers you can grab just one meals worth or lock in for a subscription box choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef american wagyu free-range poultry grass-fed lamb wild-caught king crab seafood and more For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.